Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 20th, and hope you had a good Juneteenth. Uh, markets were closed yesterday for Juneteenth. I think this is the first year. Maybe it's the second year Juneteenth is a federal holiday. Um, I did not have my uh, lawn yard pickup yesterday, but I, I, you know, what's strange is my dad had a doctor's appointment. Doctor's offices in New Jersey were open, so uh, everything seemed fine. Um, but there were a lot of celebrations here in Atlanta too. So happy Juneteenth. Um, four great comments. DVSX Rippin, uh, Wayne, 1207, Will and others, uh, Ferdis from London, uh, a listener from London, high five, uh, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, I should call you mate, but comments on Spotify. I really appreciate the comments. I think it helps the algorithm. I have no freaking idea. Um, but I did post a couple of things. I was shocked at how many of you are not subscribed to the newsletter. Um, so the newsletter, I posted my weekend, um, notes from my meeting with ARC Investments, Kathy Woods. I think it had some good things in there, uh, including her four reasons why Tesla is a $4,000 stock. Um, uh, the four main, uh, I guess, you know, uh, catalysts that they see, uh, as happening. We'll talk about Tesla in a little bit, um, with a listener asking about EVgo. Uh, but yeah, uh, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, dailystockpick.substack.com, um, those, that's, that's one newsletter I think you should get. It's free. Uh, if you want to pay for it, I am going to start some paid content because I feel guilty that there are people who paid. And so I want to give them some type of special thing. I think what they're doing is just supporting the podcast with the newsletter, um, $7 a month, $70 a year, whatever you want to do. Uh, I certainly appreciate it, but I do think that I will give you some content. It's nothing that I probably don't bring up for free. So if you don't want to pay for it, don't feel like you need to. If I gave you some stock tips, uh, I do think that the newsletter is easier than listening to the podcast because it shows up free in your, uh, your inbox. You can listen to me all you want, but looking at the charts and things that I provide, I think there's some benefit in that because, again, what I'm providing you is not just a texting service like Jim Cramer um, uh, or, you know, what's her name, Kelly OG. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing that type of thing. What I'm providing you is, is help to try and create a system, uh, to try and create your own uh, investment strategy. That you can use ongoing. So you don't need to listen to me. Um, part of that is TrendSpider. Part of that is the newsletter. Part of that is understanding charting. Uh, so what I'll do in the, the paid version is probably give you some additional links uh, to where you can learn um, and, and things of that sort. Additional teachings. So if you want to subscribe, that's probably coming up. 
the other change that I'm going to do is that on YouTube, this this podcast, well, I'll try and keep it to 30 minutes. I do have a lot and I, I can talk forever, um, but I'm going to try and keep it to 30 minutes and I'm going to trade for 30 minutes on YouTube. Uh, it will probably be swing trades. You guys know my theory, good companies uh, with good products, with good profits, uh, with good management. You can hold those. So I will probably swing trade, but I will either enter or exit at least one today. Um, so, uh, you know, subscribe on YouTube to start to see that too. Uh, the, the replays are all there. If you want to watch the replays, um, I trim them down to just the podcast on the videos portion. So if you want to watch the elongated and the trading version, um, you're going to have to go to the, uh, the, the YouTube live. Uh, so watch the extended version and just forward past the podcast. You'll you'll be able to find it. Um, the other newsletter that I suggest, my weekly stock pick, myweeklystock.substack.com. Uh, he gives you two newsletters per week. One is on Saturday. That recaps the week. It gives you his take on the market, where he thinks we're going, where we've been, uh, and historical things, what's coming up in the next week. Then on Monday uh, or Tuesday, as it may be today, he emails you based on his algorithm, one stock that uh, he believes will uh, perform well during the week. You buy the first day of the week, you sell the last day of the week. Um, this is his performance in 2019, 48%. Look at 2020, 86%. I mean, honestly, you could have just invested in the Dow 2020 and made that, uh, you know, if you sold out of your portfolio, blah, blah, blah. Um, but 2021, which was super impressive, super impressive. Um, he made 44%. That's incredible because I think every, all the other indices were kind of up like 10, maybe 5%, somewhere in that neighborhood. The extra impressive one was 2022. He's up 13% in 2022. Remember, SPY was down 13%. So he had a 26% outperformance. Well, 100%, 200%. He didn't lose you money. Now, 2023 is down 1%. The reason is he focuses on the Dow, and the Dow is down this year or even. Uh, it's the NASDAQ that's really carrying everything. Um, and speaking of the NASDAQ, and again, his weekly stock pick this week is Apple. Uh, your boy is long Apple. It's at all-time highs. Um, I don't think long-term uh, it matters that it's at 184. Uh, I do think you can get it in the 170s at some point in time. We'll take a look at that one in a little bit. What I want to show you right now is QQQ. Uh, historically, uh, QQQ, after eight green weeks in a row, you've had eight green weeks in a row. Over the last decade, it's only happened eight times. The following week was red 50% of the time with an average return of minus 0.63. That may mean SQQQ might be the uh, the play of the week. If 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 fifty percent remember if it's fifty percent of the time down, it's fifty fifty percent of the time up. So this is like kind of playing uh, black or red without the green square on roulette. Um, it's it's very simple. Um, you know you can buy TQQQ, you can buy SQQQ. Look, SQQ has no confirmation. You're out as far as the, uh, the, the, the algorithm goes. TQQ, on the other hand, you're still in. You're getting the button hook at the top. So if you want to try and time the market, TQQ is kind of oversold. The RSI is at 72. It's coming off 80. 
The the MACD is way up here at about 1.773. That's that's way high. The last time it was this high was way back here in February. And what did it do? It continued to drop down. So, you know, if you look at QQQ um, from this point last year, let's pull this back on the algorithm and go, well, it will allow us to go to June of last year. Yeah. Uh, so here is April. Here is May. Here is the jump up in June. And essentially June dropped off at about June 9th. And we just lost the market there. And it went down to almost the October lows. It didn't quite make the October lows. Here's October down here. But it almost made it down. And then in July, we took off. In my mind, I think that's the scenario we're in. I think we come back down, um, maybe to this volume shelf here at about 350. I don't think so. you see a major pullback. But I think it sets us up for July, where maybe the Fed pauses again. Uh, if the Fed pauses again in July, there's not much more information that comes out. I think you see the next leg higher. And if we go to a weekly, again, eight uh, weeks in a row, the NASDAQ has been up. If we go uh, just slightly back to about 350 in this territory right here, I think that's when you get to 400. So I, I, in my mind, again, this is just a guess. Anybody that tells you they know where it's going uh, it is probably just making a guess. I mean, it's educated guesses. There's reasons why I think that. I won't go into them here uh, because it's too long. I'm trying to keep it a half hour. But I do think that you pull back to 350. Uh, I will be making a determination. Do I want TQQQ? Do I want to trade Boyle? I'll do it after this thing and I'll kind of run through it. And then I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and I'll buy some stuff. Um, UBS says there's three things that will sustain this rally. First, investors need to believe that the Federal Reserve won't raise interest rates beyond the two additional increases they most recently said they would. If, for some reason, we have a third rate increase, that could bring the market down. Um, second, investors need to remain confident that the U.S. will avoid a recession. Soft landing, hard landing, you hear all that. I think we see... <laughs> Personally, I do think we see a recession. I think they're wrong in this. I think we see a recession, but it is a brief recession. Make no mistake, Europe right now with two quarters of negative GDP is in a recession. So is the U.S. in a recession? China may be in a recession. The U.S. might go into a recession, blah, blah, blah. Uh, lastly, UBS are, uh, says the rise of artificial intelligence stocks need to prove itself justified as the bulk of AI stocks, NVIDIA, Amazon, Meta, Tesla, Alphabet, Apple, Microsoft. They make up 80% of the S&P's climb so far in 2023. You hear this a lot. These six, uh, seven stocks, NVIDIA, Amazon, Meta, Tesla, Alphabet, Apple, and Microsoft. 80% of the rise in the S&P is due to those seven stocks. Uh, again, if we go over here to Finviz and we go to this front page and you look at this, 80% of the stocks are from these large tech companies that have the big boxes. There's Google, there's Apple, there's Microsoft, there's NVIDIA, um, Tesla's over here somewhere. Uh, I don't see it, but there's Tesla, there's Amazon, the big boxes. Now, Exxon's a big box, Chevron's a big box, Berkshire's a big box, Visa, big box, Ma um, MasterCard, big box. They're just not performing very well this year. 
So the sector that is doing it is AI. So three things, uh, two rate increases. Uh, second, U.S. avoids a, a recession. And third, that these AI stocks just aren't falsely inflated. So those are the three things that, that uh, UBS says um, uh, should continue. Now let's talk about some stocks. One that I didn't put on the, uh, the hey, June, I picked this one, but I went back and looked. Pinterest. I picked this one. It was May that I kind of said, hey, I think it's a good, a, a good opportunity. Even though this catalyst kind of went down, you're starting to fill this gap. You're starting to fill the gap at 25. The gap goes to 27. Make yourself 10%. It's going to fill that gap. At some point in time, this one breaks out again. You're hitting the 200-day. Pinterest is one that you can actually invest in. Pinterest, if we go over to FinViz and we look at Pinterest, uh, it's P, uh, PE is, they're not making money. They're losing $299 million. They do have Elliott Management with an, is an activist investor, which will squeeze dollars out of this. Um, it is 13% below its 52-week high which is 29, which is where I think, you know, again, 27 is where that, that gap is going to fill to. Um, let's go down here. You see all sales, 24. Uh, they're rather large sales at 24, 27, blah, blah, blah. Elliott Management's not selling. Uh, let's see, where did Elliott Management enter? I guess it's not in here. There's just too many. Um, uh, where is it? Uh, I'll need to look it up. But this dude's been selling since 26 and stuff like that. Everybody gets up here. I do think it fills this gap, though. In my mind, I think it's on its way. It's got confirmation. 2536, it's down a little bit today. I think if you get in 24 range, I think you get up there to probably about 26, 27. And then you'll see a bunch of uh, insider uh, sales. So Pinterest is one that, that I, I just point out as an interest. Boyle is making a comeback. $3.31. It's up 1%. Uh, it will probably head towards that uh, that 200 day at about four dollars and twenty cents. Now on June 23rd, it splits reverse split twenty for one. So you're going to see this one what at about forty bucks, fifty bucks, and then people are going to be saying, you know, retail traders, whoa, look at that move. I'm going to buy into this, and you'll see a pop. It just happens. Um, ones that haven't participated um, in the rally, the AI rally, but have come back. Um, again, remember the AI out rally really started here. Cat was just beaten down and we had the buy-in here at 225. You're 245. There's another gap up here at 257. Not much of a move, but here's what I always say about this particular stock. It's a good company with good earnings, with good management and good products. Bit oversold, overbought right now. Um, so cat, I would probably wait for it. I think 220 is probably your buy-in on this one. I think it's put in this this nice floor here. If you get back and we see a pullback, I think 220 is good on cat. Uh, equip, additional equipment maker, Deer. This one was beaten down, just beaten down to 360. You're a 407 right now. So a lot of these companies that don't necessarily have to do with AI have also come back. Good companies with good products, with good profits and good management come back. So deer right here, I think that 200 day is starting to turn positive. That 50 day is definitely positive. You could have a golden cross. You could be off to the races to 440 on this one. I, I, I think 407 is not a bad one if you want long term on this one. Uh, Baba, we talked about under 80. 
they just got a new uh, CEO. I think if you can grab this under 90, it's at 89.75. I think you're doing yourself a favor. It's a little bit overbought right now at 71. I don't say a little bit, but uh, you probably will do yourself a favor to waiting till about 85 if you're really counting your dollars. It's at 89.75, down 2%. They announced today there's a shakeup, new CEO. Any reaction in the market, again, down 2%. It's an overreaction. So go ahead. Chinese market is going to go crazy. They are basically pumping money into their economy to save it, to stimulate it. What that will do is, again, stimulate the U.S. economy. The number two economy in the world is stimulating. We're pulling back a little bit. I think it gives a little bit off, um, you know, kind of a trade-off. So I, I think Jay Powell has a, a, a free runway to pull some money out of the system while the Chinese are putting more money into it. Uh, I watched a really good di- uh, video. It's a little skewed. I will tell you, S-P-I-Y-I is the symbol that she goes over, S-P-Y-I. She goes over why. She has solid fundamentals, solid reasons. There's a little bit, hey, I'm going to sell this to you in my, in my mind on this one. Um, it's not like she's selling anything. I looked at this. You get Seeking Alpha with a 14-day free trial uh, on her link, which I need to probably sign up for. Um, but yeah, you can you can sign up Etsy shop. I mean, Wealth Simple. I don't know. I mean, Interactive Brokers. She, she's definitely selling stuff on here. And I think that SPYI, she has good reasons why to buy it. Uh, and what I wanted to do was take a look at SPYI, which is up year to date, 8.19%. QILD, up 11%. QILD focuses on the NASDAQ. It's an 11% return uh, plus an 11% dividend. Jeppy focuses on JP Morgan is basically, these are all covered call options. And the XYLD is the SPY. Um, so SPY I, uh, double performance of XYLD. Which is important because they all pay they all pay over ten percent uh, on the dividend, and it's monthly dividends because they they covered calls. She goes over a good reason why, and it's a good video. Uh, I would say if you're in the market for some type of yield, meaning dividend, I don't think these are bad. Look at look at those. You know, in a, in a good market, she goes over long term how um, you know you can look at a three year here. Oh, it, it screws up again. Uh, five year and SPIY, uh, SPYI uh, outperforms uh, the others. So look at it, watch the video. I'll include it in the newsletter. Uh, it'll also be included in the notes below. But uh, one that I did want to point out is energy transfer. So this one is up 8% year to date. It's an energy company. And we've gone over this several times. Uh, 9.59% dividend yield. Now, I'm slightly uh, pointing you towards this one over PXD. And the reason I'm slightly pointing you towards this one is none other than the insider buyer, by uh, the executive chairman, Kelsey Warren, Warren Kelsey, whatever his name is. Look at these dollar amounts. I mean, this is close to probably $120 million of, of actual buys over the last, what, year? Uh, by him alone. And, and you're looking at it, 11, 12. I mean, he's buying at, at that rate. Plus, he's buying. It, it's, today, it's trading at, let's see. We'll look at the energy transfer. It's trading at uh, $12.81. Uh, it just got a, uh, I'm going to add this to our energy names that we trade. 
uh, on uh, on uh, Trend Spider. Let's see. Energy names to trade on. We're going to add that one. So if you're subscribed to it, you now have energy transfer is this one. The reason I'm adding it is he's got to believe something. The company's undervalued. Nobody, single person puts that much money into it, but you're paying a 10% dividend. As the executive chairman, that MFR ain't going to pull back that dividend because he wants his money. So he's going to continue either funneling in some type of uh, share buyback or a dividend, one or the other. And he's going to use that money wisely. Now he's putting all that money into the company. So, you know, you want to be a little bit careful about it. But energy transfer, in my mind, again, it's oil and gas. You can read about what they do on Finviz, provides energy related, serve, owns and operates 11,600 miles of natural gas transportation pipeline and three natural gas storage facilities in Texas, two uh, natural gas storage facilities in Texas and Oklahoma, and 19,945 miles of interstate natural gas pipeline. Go and read it. I just point this one out. It was pointed out to me this weekend. I freaking, jeez. Um, another thing that I'm going to include in the notes and the newsletter, well, the no, no, it will be down below, is this FinViz screener. Now, you're going to have to use this 15 minutes unless you subscribe to FinViz. It is a screener that looks for stocks that are in an upward trend, but down today. Simple. Simple screener. It's not showing anything because the you know between 9 and, and 9.30, FinViz, unless you pay for it, doesn't show you real-time data. So I'll show you that one. Now, there is an article um, that I found on Motley Fool, uh, and I think it's wide open. I'll include the link as well in the thing. Sentinel One, this is one that missed earnings, and they announced really bad things as far as the earnings go. Um, adjusted the way it calculates, they adjusted the way it calculates annual revenue, and it found inaccuracies in its previous accounting that forced it to reduce its annual returning revenue by 27 million uh, ARR. That's not a big number in the scheme of things, but investors never like to see it. I think you could buy this one. I like this one down here. It's a cybersecurity number uh, game. $15.67. You've got a gap all the way up to 20. Now, m mind you, they found accounting inaccuracies. Uh, any reaction in the market is an overreaction. That 50-day is moving negative. That 200-day is starting to move positive. You saw a slide all the way down here. If we go to a weekly on this one and you just look at it, it does, it's newer, so it doesn't have a 200-day. You can see the RSI is in no man's land. The MACD is below the oscillator. I think it might be a good one to try and get into, not big money, uh, because I do think that this gap at 16, I would try and get it in the 15 range. It's up 0.31 at 1614. I'd try and get it closer to this 1567, maybe put an order for 1599 today just to get that 15 handle, but you'd go all the way up to 20 if you cover this gap. So it'd be interesting. I'll link that article if you want to read it. Uh, let's go over some some viewer questions. Shannon from Facebook asked me, EVGo, uh, she says, new member here. What's your thoughts on EVGo? Uh, here's her analysis, which is spot on. And, and it's great when people write this because I don't know these companies altogether. Uh, their director just bought nearly 5.8 million shares during the dip. They qualified to tap into the $7.5 billion Biden grants with EV charging, $10 billion into clean transportation. 
They also did better than predicted in their last couple of quarters, but they also suffered from the GM Tesla deal. And there are other drawbacks, but curious if any if anyone has any opinions on them. Uh, I wrote notes. Here's what I put. 29% short interest, losing money. Tesla charging network communicates with cars uh, through APIs, which will be a differentiator. So as an EV owner, this is what I know about EVgo. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh Tesla charging network is the best in the business. The reason is because it's, think of it as an actively managed um, network of chargers. All of these other chargers are not actively managed, which means cars don't communicate with them. They might in the future, and EVgo may be getting there, but Tesla spends extra money to make sure that the, the actual chargers are communicating back to home network. And and it's like just like their cars. Car manufacturers still don't have over the air updates for their cars. Like Tesla. Essentially a Tesla can become a brand new car overnight with a download uh, of of the operating system. Now do you trust Ford? Do you trust GM? Do you trust others with that? No. Uh, EVgo is still in its infancy stage. You can see on the the chart here, the buy-in was 384. There was a gap up here 462 hasn't quite covered it, but it's come close. So 439, you're still in. You still have confirmation. You can see there's some interest in buying in volume here. You can see that volume level is actually going up. The RSI is in no man's land at 55. You're right on the oscillator. So I don't see a compelling reason from a chart perspective to get into this. Uh, the 200-day is moving negative. The 50-day, you had this death cross here at May 19th. It's moving negative. So let's go over and look at some of the fundamentals. Um, EV go. Um, and like I said, there's 12% short, or I'm sorry, 29% uh, short interest in this one. Uh, you can see 29.9%. They're losing $26 million. Not huge. They have a $1.31 billion market cap. They do not tell you uh, how much cash they have on hand. So, which is a little bit strange. Insider transactions up 480%. We'll go down and look at that. Price to sales 18 times. So, with a company that's not making money, you're paying 18 times sales kind of big. Uh, it's down 1.7%. It's 65% below its 52-week high, which was 1265. 21% above its 52-week low, which was $3.60. It's at $4.33 right now. Uh, target price, $7.69. As far as its coverage, May Stifle initiated it with a buy at $9. Uh, in January, JP Morgan uh, overweight to neutral with a $6 price point. So I, I would take the price target with a grain of salt because it was here during 2022 um, and 2021 when we had big price targets when money was pretty much free. Um, you can read Morning Stars, Business Wires. You can read all those news stories. Let's go down here and you can see uh, there was one big insider buy, May 22nd, $25 million from a director. Uh, and he bought it 425. So the assumption is that they're managing to that 425. Well, you've had other no big sales, but you've had sales at 399. The most recent is the C, um, CLO and general counsel, chief legal officer. He sold at four dollars and thirteen cents. Uh, a lot of these guys selling at 11.95 and stuff. Uh, back then, I bet they they wished. 
but 425 probably puts you at a good bottom um, because that they're not going to let their director uh, lose $25 million and let it go to zero. But who knows? Maybe they needed some cash injection. Maybe there was a secondary offering. Uh, you just don't know about a lot of this stuff. When I see big, big uh, buys like that, $25 million on a, 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 what, a $1.31 billion? It's a fairly big insider buy. Now, you do have this multiple bottom here on this thing. So uh, here's what I would say. Uh, the GM and Ford dealers uh, deal, uh, not only does it get them the chestless uh, standard charging, so it gets them away from the, the uh, Comedo connector, which is the size of a basketball, and down to the Tesla charger, which is the size of like a racquetball. I mean, that's how big these, these two connectors are. Um, and those Comedos were just breaking because people were dropping them on the ground. I and mean, let's be honest, people don't treat things very well. They treat them like crap um, and, you know, just be a better human. But as far as this goes, I think with Ford and Tesla, as they agreed, my understanding is through the API, the cars will talk to the Tesla charging network. As an EV owner, that's a game changer. I have friends with Porsches, uh, Porsche Taycan's. And um, uh, with Mercedes, e EQS, I think is what the Mercedes is. And um, both of them, their cars don't talk to the charging network. The cars talk to a, uh, basically think of it uh, kind of like a Google Maps, which sends you, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you said, hey, tell me when, uh, you know, gu guide me to the Google Maps. Well, the Google Maps would send you to the local fast food joint, didn't tell you if it was open or not. Same thing. Your your electric your standard electric car will guide you to a charger. Doesn't tell you if it's working or not. Many times, my friends with Porsches and my friends with Mercedes, both of them have told me that they've gotten to the chargers and the chargers aren't working. They're both Electrify America. I think that's the preferred network. And the chargers weren't working. I had this exact thing happen where I needed a charge, uh, and I was dropping my parents off at a doctor's appointment. I went to a um. A plug share. I think it was a, um, uh, I think it, it might have been EVgo or it might have been, oh, it was ChargePoint. It was a ChargePoint charger. And I went there and it said both of them are available and it said both are working. I get there. There are, it was literally a 30 second to a one minute drive. And the app said they are both available. I go there, there's two cars plugged in. Yeah. And these are slow chargers, so it's not like they were leaving anytime soon. So I had to risk it, go you know, about 20 minutes out of my way to a Tesla charger, which I knew was available. Again, it's just about the convenience of this stuff. So I don't want you to think this is also a capital expense. So they're going to basically be putting these chargers in at and competing on price. So I just think... It's it's a difficult game to play for a long-term investment. I think you want to trade this one. I'd never talk you out of not trading it. I would just talk you out of uh, you know picking a winner right now. Uh, you can see this one back here when it IPO'd. It ran all the way up to looks like the high was $24. And you're at $4 now. You don't have confirmation on a long on a long term. But I think on a short term, uh, I do think, Shannon, you'd probably be able to trade that. Those are my thoughts. 
probably better from an uh, EV perspective, but if somebody else from the EV world has some type of better experience than me with EVgo and, and is big on them, write to me. Just let me know. Uh, Gabriel from Facebook. Uh, Hi, Gary. Thanks a lot for your incredible content. It's daily help to improve my knowledge. I'm always learning. I'm struggling to understand this situation as a long-term investor in an uptrend scenario. When can I add to my position? For example, if I own a good stock since uh, years ago, which is up 100, 200, 400%, is it worth to buy more shares or reinvest the dividend even if the price is uh, uh, at an all-time high, uh, higher than the purchase price? I focus on long-term investment. Okay. I went over this this weekend and I went to Bard. Uh, let me see if I can type into Bard and let me see if it'll tell me my history. Um, let me see. Bard activity. Um, bu- 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 bu. No, I think I did 90s birthday. Oh, you know what? I need to log into my daily stock pick three. Um, Bard activity. Um, here. Uh, what if I missed the best 14 days of Apple stock? And we'll go back to Bard and we'll renew this one. And I want you to see this answer because it, it's important. And this is what you can use AI for. AI actually is better than a Google search for this type of thing. And this is what I found out this weekend when doing it. Um, if you missed the 14 days, best days of Apple stock, don't worry. The market is cyclical. Um, there will be others. For for In fact, even if you had invested in Apple during its best 14 days, you would still be patient to see the significant gains. For example, if you had invested $1,000 in Apple on June 1st, 2023, the day before its best 14-day period, your investment would have grown uh, to 1385 um, by June 16th, 2023. That's crazy. Um, I don't think this is right. This is an hallucination. So it's different than what I got. Let me see. This other one, uh, oh, you know what? I, I include the word prompted. That's what I did. Uh, let's see. We're going to do this. Uh, we're going to change that. This is what I want you to say. What if I, admit, uh, if I wasn't in the stock market for the best 14 days of the last 20 years? What would the return be? So return including the 14 days, uh, including the best. Last 20 years, you're compounding at 10.2%. Uh, if you exclude the 14 days, you're only at 9.2, 9.9. So this was way different than yesterday. I'm getting different answers. Um, but the, the point is you want to, even if you're uh, investing at all-time highs, you want to continue investing um, and, and you want to continue buy. My guidance on this one, Gabriel, and I think I put it much better when I answered it yesterday, and I'm bad at, at probably, you know, pre-doing this stuff. Uh, but I reinvest my dividends in Apple. I reinvest my dividends in, uh, in Google. Uh, I don't think they pay a dividend. Um, Amazon doesn't pay a dividend. I reinvest my d- dividends in Devon. Uh, I reinvest my dividends in MPLX. I reinvest ones that I identify as long. What I will do when it hits a 52-week high or when I think something is coming up is... Uh, for Apple, I held it for what, 20 years, uh, 22 years straight. Um, I didn't sell a, a, a thing. Uh, with something like Apple now, I've got long-term capital gains. So I can sell at 15% uh, capital gains. 
not at income tax rates for short term, but I'd sell the long term at 15%. If you're in an IRA or you're in longer, there's no tax event so you can sell it. So what I do when I see it lose confirmation here in the algorithm is I'll trim a little bit. I won't take a lot, but I'll trim. And then for instance, Apple right here, 185.23. What do I do with it? Well, I'd trim it and wait till it gets back to 170. Even if I buy back at 181, I'm making a little bit of money. So if you want to manage your portfolio like that, use the 52-week high as ways to do that. Trim it. Buy it back when it gets lower. The question always is, when will it get lower? That's why you don't want to empty your position. You want to trim and you want to buy it back. When you see it regain confirmation, even if it's at a higher price, go and buy it again. For good stocks, with good management, with good products, with good earnings, that's what I would do. And that's what I do do. Uh, You know, for instance, and I I go over this, Amazon, I didn't do it. I hold this in a retirement uh, account and I absolutely have been super poor uh, at at managing this capital. Uh, Up here at 171, I saw it lose. I should have been uh, basically, you know, selling that and buying it back in the retirement fund. Absolutely. And by the way, Alibaba, get it while it's under 90. It's, it's kind of flirting going above 90 again. So that would be my suggestion is if you're up that much and you have long-term gains in a brokerage account, trim, pay the 15% uh, capital gains on it. Buy it back when it's lower. Uh, don't do it under one year. Uh, in a retirement account, trim, buy it back, but use the 52-week high as your guide. Don't just try and trim here when it loses confirmation at, at 145 because the, the, the goal will be with good companies, with good earnings and, and good uh, products, you're going to get back to that 52-week high. So you want to trim. You don't, you know, even here, if you wanted to trim because you saw it lose confirmation, you couldn't have told in September that we were going all the way down to January uh, and January being the lows, but you do want to trim and buy constantly turn it over. That would be my, my kind of thing. Um, so Gabriel, hopefully, uh, I answered your question. Hopefully that's a good guide on it. Um, I put this, this kind of yellow line here as just, I think that's where I think Amazon's support level is. Um, yesterday at about 105, 106. Uh, I, if it pulls back to that, that I'm, I'm loading up on it again. So uh, Lori wants me to talk about uh, AI. Um, this is, I mean, can I say hype? There's a great tweet about this and, and I retweeted it and I'll show it to you. Uh, it's not just me. And, and now I don't want you to go alone by fundamentals. I absolutely don't want you to just go by fundamentals because you would have missed out on Tesla. You would have missed out on Nvidia. You would have missed out on a lot. But here's AI, 14 times sales, 19 times gross profit. That's where it's trading today. Still not close to positive EBITDA, which is crazy because that's earnings before interest, uh, taxes, and depreciation. So it's not even close to that. And, and remember, EBITDA isn't necessarily cash flow positive. It's just that it's making money based on an accounting uh, you know, tricks. Uh, Egregious SBC intensity, 14% sales growth. So they're not even growing that much. And if you look at AI, here's the craziness that is AI. 
and it's up again today. Um, but this is the nutso that is AI. Back here, where you saw it drop to eleven dollars, uh, no, eleven dollars was January. Back here, where you saw it trade at thirty-three and dip down to eighteen, that was because Hindenburg Research said that they were a scam. And in that research, uh, they said they were an energy company. And then when Internet of Things, IoT, became hot, the company switched and went to IoT. In fact, the previous symbol was IoT. Then when AI became the hot thing, they changed their symbol and they changed their company. Uh, If you've seen this CEO talk on CNBC, it is not impressive. When he talks about AI, he talks about a Google uh, Google uh, input box. Well, if you know anything about AI, it's not a Google input box. It's basically a conversation. And that's why I was getting different things from Bard today than yesterday, because I just didn't have the same conf- uh, conversation that I had with it. So you need to be a good um, conversationalist to have this conversation or else you get those hallucinations is what they're called. So... I don't think AI is a very good company. If we go over here and we look at AI, this guy has been promising the world of internet of things, of energy, all that stuff. It is up 297%. It is selling price to sales at 19.8. 19 times sales. They're losing $268 million. Their forward PE is 361. There is nothing that differentiates this company whatsoever other than the the uh the, the the guy pushes you know the CEO pushes this this as an AI company and they have revolutionary AI. Webbush pushed it up to fifty bucks. I mean the average target price is twenty six eighty nine and you're trading at forty forty six dollars. It closed at forty four. You're up at forty six. Um, you know, look at all the downgrades that you had before. Um, you know, you can see the insiders. The insider's selling five million bucks May 30th at $42. He knows it ain't worth $42. These guys back here, the the, the director, he sold uh $1 million at $13. So uh, you know, this guy $42, 5 million shares, 5 million, uh, $5 million worth. Uh, so I, I just don't think now it's not a long-term play. Is it a trade? Absolutely. It's a trade. This $18 entry point. I even pointed this out when it got down here. The AI train is strong. It is super strong. Uh, I, I wouldn't trade on it up here. I would trade on it down here. Anything under 30 on this one, I think you grab it. This one will have an earnings revolution, you know, realization, I should say, where it just comes back down to to reality. And go and look at that tweet that I just posted. Um, Brad Freeman. He posted this one. The comments are classic. It is com it is basically um, you know, some of the people who have FOMO and stuff like that. They're the ones who are getting into that one. Trade it. Do not own that one. Uh, 2023 top year to date stock gains. I'm going to post this in the newsletter. It's posted in the notes below as well. About 50 of them. I mean, you can see all of them. There's some great companies. FedEx is having earnings. That's in there. Um, FedEx is having earnings, I think, Wednesday. Um, maybe it's today after the bell. Let's see. Uh, oh, I've got to turn on my earnings stuff. Um, 
earnings and dividends. There we go. Uh, so yeah, FedEx has their earnings. Let's see. It is ba -ba -ba -ba, June 20th. So today after the market closes. Uh, FedEx, it's a great company, great CEO. You know, the CEO change happened and they've just been beating UPS at their own game. Uh, so I think that one's a good one. Let's talk about scans. I went over a little bit, but I'll still trade after this. Uh, HIBS, which is your uh, S&P high bear, which means that they, we think that the S&P is going to turn over $3.86. This one, you've been down, but $3.86. Again, the S&P is just oversold. 50% of the time when the queues are up eight weeks in a row, you see a down market. So it's 50-50, kind of a coin toss. Uh, another one. That's a bear that had a cross-up, S-A-R-K. This is one where uh, the cross-up happened at 35.07. You're at 35.82. Again, the market's down a little bit. You got this gap up here at 44. Do we start to see the market really turn over? This is a bear of A-R-K-K. S-A-R-K is it. S-M-D-D, which again is an, uh, short of the Ultra Pro. Uh, Mid-cap, 400. I'm not short in mid-caps. Uh, I, I, I'd probably go into Hibs before I would go into this one. Uh, you got gaps all over the place. This one's not super well traded, SMDD. Uh, Bitcoin, we talked about um, BlackRock, I think it was, that uh, applied for um, a Bitcoin ETF. This one is trading at $10.50. It's over 10. Uh, buy under 10, sell over 10. So once it loses confirmation, you sell this one, $10.47. The buy-in was at $9.95. In fact, I know someone who bought this just under 10 last week. So kudos on that one. You can probably trade in and out of that one. ETHE, Ethereum. Uh, this is the Grayscale, Grayscale Trust. Ethereum has a buy-in at $7.88. Um, this gap up here at $9 might be looking to get filled if we have some type of... The problem that you have with any of these um, uh, these uh, uh, crypto stuff is that Gensler, and if you read my newsletter on Kathy Wood, um, Kathy Woods calls Gensler the greatest threat to growth in this com in this country. Uh, the SEC chairman, the guy did a Bitcoin course while at MIT, and now he's shit all over uh, all over crypto, and he's basically inhibiting any uh, growth in this country when it comes to crypto. Um, and that's not good because what will crypto do? Crypto will just go outside the United States. It's not going to die. It will just go outside the United States. So one that I really like here is GE Healthcare, GEHC. You have a cross up here at 79.09. I would grab it under 80. Um, I like this to fill this. It, it almost filled this gap up to $80.25 before it pulled back. Your 200-day, it's a fairly new stock. Your 50-day is kind of flattening out. It's putting in this kind of capitulation here just under 80. I think at some point it comes back to fill this gap up at 86. This is a good company. When we talked about United Healthcare uh, basically threatening on cost, well, you know where the cost may be going? It might be GE Healthcare with all the equipment that these companies have to buy. So GE Healthcare does like MRI machines and things of that sort. I like the company. I think it's a good company. Uh, another one that I'm semi-interested in, and some folks on YouTube were yelling at me, do not go into this one. Uh, U.S. Bank Corp. 
It's down today. Um, let's see. Let me close some of these tabs to see where I'm at. Um, stock screener. Let's see. You're down 1.55% today. The ex-dividend date is coming up on June 29th. Could be a catalyst. You're, just be careful. Your 200-day is still negative. Um, but if the banking crisis is over, which nobody says that it is, but if it's getting better, this one comes back to probably a $45 stock, uh, $32.97. I think you could probably see this one at about $31. Um, let's pull this uh, volume lever more towards where it crossed the 200-day. Um, you're seeing... A large amount of people are holding this at 34. That's why I like this one because a lot of people don't hold it underneath. Your support level is probably 31. You're at 32.91. I think if you get to 31, I think you could absolutely do a um a a a, a, a stop. Stop right there at 31. Just do it. Buy it back at 29 if you want to. But I, I think here at 32.93, I think you could get to 34.35, close to a 10, 10% gain. So I like this one. I, I, you know, again, the 50 days moving positive, the 200 days still moving negative. At some point, you just get a stop to the, all of this uh, banking crisis stuff. So, okay, uh, sponsors, Trend Spider, you're seeing on here how it gets you in, how it gets you out on all the charts. 25% uh, off. There's a link in the link tree. Um, here is the link tree. That's the trend spider link. Second sponsor is visible right here. You just click on that link. You get $20 off your first month of service. Um, it's it, your first month of service can be as low as $5. You click on that link and you basically get taken to visible. You bring your phone over to visible. Just bring your phone. If it's an eSIM, you sign up your first, your first month is $5 costs you nothing. $5 to test it out. But, you know, the savings off of your regular monthly stuff, I mean, that's, that's incredible. Um, so you got those two. These links right here, those social links bring you to our private Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Twitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can pay me on Venmo. That's what I got it set up there. You can email me over here or you can whichever Venmo, PayPal, or Cash App if you want to tip me. If I made you money, tip me. Uh, or you can sub subscribe to the newsletter, get the paid newsletter, $7 a month, $70 a year, whatever you want. I'm going to start putting stuff in here. Join me on Webull with the $1,000 account trading right there. Uh, if you don't have Venmo and you want to sign up for Venmo, sign, sign up for Venmo right there. You can just buy Apple on Webull right here. Um, Instagram, you can message me directly, Apple's podcast. This is a link tree. The link is down below. It's, it's link, uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E. Slash daily stock pick. Uh, and the newsletter is dailystockpick.substack.com. So there's your sponsors. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Enjoy it. I'm going to trade live on YouTube, even though I did 15 minutes on the freaking podcast. I talk too much. See you guys later.